Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here today with my dear friend, Rachel Jones. You guys, we have got a great show for you. Today's show is called Effective Communication with Your Teens. Yeah, it's possible, right, Rachel? <laughs> right, it is possible. We don't just have to have a bunch of sassy talk back all the time, do we? Mm-hmm. And uh, Rachel's amazing, and I want her to introduce herself and tell about her family. So tell me about your kids. Hi, you guys. Um, yes, my name is Rachel Jones. I have four children. We have a 13-year-old daughter, a 12-year-old daughter, 10-year-old daughter, and a four-year-old son. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I are entering the world of teenagers. Uh, I also have a lot of experience working with teens. I was on staff with mm-hmm. Young Life for quite a few years, and my heart is for teenagers. Mm-hmm. I love that age group. And so this podcast episode is very important to me, and uh, both of us hope to encourage you guys a lot, whether you're parenting teens right now or you have tweens, which is basically 10 and up. I hope this is uh, these are some good nuggets for you. Oh, yeah. And the number one thing I think that we should tell them right off the bat is that the Lord is with them. Yes. And knowing that God is with you and knowing that you're not alone, we can take a deep breath, we can relax more because we know we're not alone. And I want to read the scripture to you guys. It's Isaiah 40, verse 11. And it says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And so I want to just tell you guys off the bat that there's no need to be afraid. There's no need Mm -hmm. to fear this next season or the season that you're in. There's no need to be afraid if your kids, um, so maybe you made a lot of mistakes as a teenager and you don't want your children to do the same. There's no need to be afraid because you have God with you. He will help you. And it, it, at out the gate on this whole podcast, because we're doing a little series here, we're going to do three different podcasts, but I just want you to know that having faith during this season is the biggest thing that you can do and knowing that God will help you. That way you're not afraid. Right, Rachel? Absolutely. And I know that a lot of you have probably heard what I have heard recently. When you meet someone new and you tell them you have a teenager, they say, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. get ready. It's going to get difficult, et cetera, et cetera. Your teenager won't want to talk to you. And Deb and I are here to say, we don't believe that lie. Mm -hmm. That is what the world is telling us, but we are not of this world. And we have the Holy Spirit and we will be close friends with our teens. Amen. And we will talk to them and it will be effective. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what? I I I just feel like you know what I hate that people say that if you do this, oh then this is going to happen. Or if you do this, then oh this is going to happen with your kids. And I just that is so fear-based mm-hmm. and it's not of God. And uh, Rachel, I know that you know this already with your Scarlett being a, a teenager. To me, my teenager years, they were some of my favorite years. And Mm -hmm. we really stepped into a friendship with our children. And now we're all so close as adults. And we have wonderful relationships. But God helped us. And they were beautiful. They were some of my favorite years. Yeah, my husband and I are thoroughly enjoying Scarlett as a 13-year-old. We talk about it regularly that it's so much fun. We're enjoying seeing her grow into a beautiful, mature young lady, and we love hanging out with her. Uh, Today, I wanted to share just a couple pointers and things I've learned over the years uh, working with teenagers 
about how to communicate with them and to not be nervous and scared because your teen really does love you. Sometimes they put up a facade. Sometimes they appear distracted, but they really desire to talk to you. So the first thing I want to say, and I know that you'll agree with me, Deb, Mm -hmm. is do way more listening than talking at your teen. Mm -hmm. They want to talk to you. They really do want to share what's on their heart. But I think we as moms are distracted. We're busy. We're doing things around the house. We're not approachable. And the truth is sometimes we don't put our teens first. And something that I've been trying to do is when Scarlett comes home from school or comes home from a church event or a friend's house, I'm available. I sit with her and I say, tell me what happened. Yes. (laughs) Tell me everything, every little detail. And she'll look at me I think testing, do you really mean that mom? And I say, just tell me every single thing that happened. (laughs) And she loves it and she spills her heart. And that is the foundation that we all have to create with our teens. We did that in our home and I still do it. Our son is living here temporarily while he's he's actually doing some cool internships, but I'm around when he's making breakfast in the morning. I plan to be here to talk to him. And I did it with our daughter. I waited up. I know a lot of people hate that thought, but I waited up for my teenagers when they got home so I could see how they were doing before they went to bed and talk to them. It's so important, that communication. Yeah. I think waiting up at night is really good advice Mm -hmm. because when the teens are out with their friends, they have a ton of energy and Mm -hmm. they they come home and that energy just doesn't fade. And that is like the sweet spot to talk to them. Right before they go to bed, they'll share their heart with you. And which leads me into my next thing. I think it's tempting as moms and dads, but that we want to, um, when they share their heart, that we want to punish them or we want to police them or we want to correct them. And there are opportunities to do that, obviously. But if they want to share something maybe that they're struggling with or something that's vulnerable, the first thing we need to do is just open up our ears and not be quick to anger. And we need to be patient and we need to be understanding and remember what it was like to be young. I think of the verse in James, James 1.19. Understand, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. That verse applies so much to parenting teens because it's our temptation as parents to want to um, get angry and discipline, but we need to be patient and listen to them. And that's how they can reveal their heart to us if they know that we're a soft place to land. Mm. Okay. Tell me that thing that your mom, that you said about your mom that she said about the big fluffy pillow. Oh, Yeah. So my mom, when I was young, she was always like a big fluffy pillow. And I wanted to be able to come home and know that no matter what I told her, it would, my words would sink in that she was a big fluffy pillow and a soft place to land. And it wasn't going to be a situation where I said something to my mom and my words bounced back and she immediately punished me and she immediately became Mm -hmm. um, judgmental or do this, Rachel, don't do this. And I, when I was working with high schoolers, I saw that all the time. Sometimes they would open up to me that I can't really talk to my parents Mm -hmm. because they immediately ground me for everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying to never punish your kids. If they're opening up, you have to work with your children and certain behaviors have to be punished. But you want to be a fluffy pillow and you want to wrap your kids up and listen to their struggles and give them a hug and then talk about the punishment later. That shouldn't be the first Mm -hmm. thing out of your mouth is the punishment. Right. And when you told me that a while back, it was, it was, I I think it was a few years ago. um, I wrote it on my bathroom mirror and I wrote, I'm a big fluffy pillow for my kids to (laughs) land on. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, and I, it really helps. And I love writing things like that in dry erase marker on my mirror to remind me of things I need to remember. Mm-hmm. But I will. I wanted to interject a couple of things. I feel like you are onto something, and we need to be telling everybody we know about this concept of winning their hearts by waiting up for them, winning their hearts by being available to talk to them, not judging them, understanding them. And so I remember mm-hmm. one time my daughter was a preteen. She was probably 13, 12, 13, and she was getting in a lot of trouble at that time, meaning she was just really sassy. And um, <laughs> my neighbor actually told me, she said, boy, she's overbearing, isn't she? And she was an older woman and I really respected her and I didn't even know what to say. Like Rachel asked me today, what did you say when she said that? And I, I did I don't even think I said anything because I was so floored that she would say that about my child because our daughters were friends. And and but but what that did was instead of making me upset at my daughter, which it could have done, God was working in my heart and saying, Okay, what is going on with her? Mm-hmm. And I think that is a question that we need to be asking God all the time to show us our children's hearts, to help us to speak to them in a way. And this was actually my prayer binder. Um, I wrote this prayer down, Lord, help me to speak to my kids in a way that draws them closer to me mm-hmm. and my husband in a way that draws him closer to me. Because I think we have to learn how to speak to our kids in a way that draws them closer. And so what I started doing was, so after that woman said that to me, I went to we were about to go on a trip to visit my in-laws in Illinois and I just God led me, hey, lay in the bed with her and talk to her when you mm-hmm. put her to bed. And so I did. And I asked her, I said, Do you feel like the kids she was in this program, at this program, this school program thing, do you feel like they like you or do you feel like they don't? And then she lost it and started crying. And she told me the things that they had been saying to her and how it hurt she was. And had I not taken the time to lay in her bed, and that started a trend until she got married, actually. Mm-hmm. We laid in bed, if you can believe it, because she was living at home, saving us money, thank God, for when she was in college, because you know she just really wanted to go to local. And so she said, I'll live at home, and we'll save that $10,000, Mom. And so she did, and I, I would go in her room every night and talk to her about how she's doing, about boys. And I just think that is a, a, well, a time well invested to, to their hearts and asking God to show you their hearts. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful picture of the big fluffy pillow. Just, yeah. <laughs> Christy felt completely comfortable, mm-hmm. completely warm and cozy with you. And I think of, you know, the verse in the Bible that it's God's kindness that leads us towards Him. Mm-hmm. And it's the same concept with our teens. It's our kindness and it's our gentleness that are gonna le- that's going to lead our teens to want to be in our company, to want to share with us, to want to open up. Because if we are judgmental and too legalistic, then they're not going to want to come towards us. They're going to end up just going back to their friends more and more. And yeah. I think that— Whoa, that's not where we and, want them yeah, to go. <laughs> just not— Some teens have great friends, of course, but there's always some of those kids in our teens' lives that they might go to when they feel frustrated at us, and those teens are not going to speak wisdom to them. And so it's so important uh, to to do what Deb did. I love that story. And to remember what it's like to be their age. Mm -hmm. Something that I really want to make sure everybody hears is that, you know, when a teen, when our, especially, I only have girls, and they get really emotional, and they blow up what appears to be a small thing. And we think as adults, oh, what you're going through is no big deal. 
oh, who cares that so-and-so said this? But we have to remember, when you're 12, 13, 14, it's the biggest deal in the world. And so we need to not belittle their struggles. Mm -hmm. That's something that my daughter's actually shared with me because I've been tempted to do that. And she's noticed that in me or in her friend's parents, that mom, what I'm going through is a really big deal to me. And I really think it's important. I want you to listen. And if you just make it seem like, oh, Scarlett, just deal, just manage the situation. I'm not showing compassion to Scarlett. And if I remember being 13 and what was a big deal, I need to open up and say, you're right, Scarlett. This is important. And I'm really proud of you for doing this. And it makes our teens so happy to know that we understand them. That's so good. Okay. So I should touch on boys. Yes. I have no experience with boys. Okay. So boys, I have one. I wish I had a ton because they're so fun. But I will say that the number one communication tip for our boys, well, two, do not assume that they don't want to talk to you because they're boys. But then some boys don't want to, right? They're a mixed bag. But honestly, we have got to be respectful to them. Mm. Just like God made our husbands to need our respect, and it says in the Word, wives submit to your husband or wives respect your husband. You know, it says even wives respect your husband. And well, they didn't just turn into that need for respect when you married them. Mm -hmm. They always need your respect. God made our men, our young men, our boys, teenagers to need a respect from women. Mm -hmm. And we are their number one woman right now. And they need to feel respected. And if you don't respect your son, um, that's not good because, you know, hey, we want to have a really good daughter-in-law, right? And we want to have one that respects her, your son. And a, and a lot of times that starts in the way that we talk to them. They will marry a woman like their mother in some way. It's really sweet. And I would just assume that your son is going to marry a great woman because if you're listening to this podcast, you're a great woman and you want to have a good relationship with your son. And if there's anything that you ever need to say you're sorry for, or, or if you just need to repent, go to him and say you're sorry. Because our kids are so forgiving. And just say, I really want to respect you if you've been disrespectful to your son, and he will just love you for it. Or he'll be like, what's going on with mom? But don't don't react to their behavior. Just know that when you pray and ask God to make it go into his heart that you're trying to respect him, it will have fruit, mm. even if you can't see it on the outside. That's good. I love having a son. He's only four now. Oh, you do have your son. Yeah, he's only four. But I mean, he doesn't really count in the teen world. But I even see that as a four and a half year old that he wants respect. Um, It's so true. Uh, Something else that I wanted to share that I've been doing, well, my husband and I both have been doing more with Scarlett and Lily and our 13 and our 12 year old is just giving them more freedom and Mm -hmm. treating them like adults and in with communication, asking them for their opinion. We've started bringing Scarlett and Lillian into more family decisions and what should we do here, girls? And Or if I'm having a friend issue on my own, I'll open up a little bit to Scarlett and I'll show her, hey, listen, even as a woman, I'm still navigating sometimes friendship issues and how would you handle this situation, Scarlett? And it's so beautiful to talk to her openly about things because she feels so... Um, you know, mature and sophisticated, but she realizes, oh, mom really respects me and values my opinion. And that just continues to build our relationship stronger when she knows a little bit what's going on in my life. So I'd encourage you to start, even your child as young as 10 years old, just start bringing them in a little bit with what you're going through. And that will in turn allow them to open up with what they're going through. That's awesome. And, um, so I was, I've been praying over this podcast and God wants me to to say something. It just came up in my mind. Just because your teen is acting a certain way or maybe you feel like they don't care, 
that you're trying or they don't they don't care about what you're doing or they may have an apathetic attitude or or maybe they are still acting up or maybe you don't even know if you're close you know maybe you don't even know maybe you think you have a bad relationship still keep assuming that God is working because get this you want to hear a funny story so my daughter, right, she was my really strong-willed willed one, and she's amazing as a, a wife and a mother, and she owns her own company. Like, like strong-willed kids are good. Mm-hmm. All kids are good, right? But but when she was growing up, like, I often wondered, I'm like, I mean, we were very close, but she would get in trouble or be sassy so much of the time. I was like, am I doing this right, you know? But do you know what? I, I didn't even realize this until she was an adult, she told me. So all through her teen years, she had me get size nine shoes for her, size nine. And I wear a size nine, but I never like, I was just like, I don't know. I was like, oh, if you like the way it fits, let's buy it. I wasn't ever like when they got to be teens, I didn't put my, my, my thumb on the end of her toe to see if it fit. I just kind of trusted that, Hey, you know what you want, right? Well, she wears a size eight or sometimes a seven and a half, but she did that because she wanted to be my size shoe. Mm. Isn't that the sweetest thing? And I never even, honestly, sometimes I was like, am I doing this mom thing right? You know, and I always knew we were close, but you know, sometimes she would be talking back or something. I'd be like, well, do you even like me or whatever? Do you know what I'm saying? But always assume that your kids love you and that you are the number one person in your life because you are, Mm -hmm. you and their dad. You are the number one person. And if we come at our kids' relationships with that attitude versus, oh, they don't like me, you're going to act that way if you think your kids don't like you. But Mm -hmm. if you just come at it with, I'm very important to them, even if I can't see it, you know, and like Waymaker, that song Waymaker, even when I don't see it, he's working. And even when you don't see all the stuff that you're pouring into your teens, it's working. Mm -hmm. And that's a good way to wrap things up because Mm -hmm. I think the song Waymaker is beautiful. And also we as moms need to pray, 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 Mm -hmm. because no one is going to pray for our Mm -hmm. teens like us. And that is how we have um, the power and we have the Holy Spirit. We pray that the Lord will work on our behalf and he will, and he will never stop working. And even if you have a prodigal or you have a child right now who's completely rebelling, Don't stop praying and do not give up hope because our prayers will transcend and our kids are going to be blessed for generations by our faithfulness. A praying mom is a huge blessing to our children and they might not appreciate it now, but your teen, if right now things are hard, I'm going to pray that your teen will come back to you 10 years from now and say, mom, you were always there and thank you and I love you and thank you for praying for me. I get emotional thinking about it because... Our prayers are just the most important. If I could hit one thing home to you guys listening, just don't, don't stop praying. Amen. You're so sweet. It's so true. Um, all right. Well, why don't we, I want to do one other thing. I want to give a practical idea. So like, and then I want to pray. So someone could listen to this podcast and go, well, what do I do? So like, if we were saying, um, well, say your son comes in or your daughter comes in and she's like, oh, well, this person hurt me or this person I would say something like, oh, that must have been hard for you. Or, oh, how did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Those are examples of how to go deeper in your communication. What would you say? Like, give me an example of something that's come to you. Well, when Scarlett talks to me and she wants to open up, I just continue to ask her questions to show her that I'm interested. Mm-hmm. And so I do say what Deb said. I think that's great. Like, how did that make you feel, Scarlett? Or I'll specifically say, well, how did you respond? Or... 
Scarlett, moving forward, what could you do differently next time? Mm-hmm. You know, say she's having a fight with one of her girlfriends and it seems really discouraging, like it's never going to end. Scarlett and I together will brainstorm of a way she can handle the situation differently next time. And something that I've been doing recently with Scarlett, if she's having a issue with a friend in particular, we'll stop right then and pray for that friend together. That's so good. And Scarlett's always blessed and honestly surprised sometimes that I want to pray for the kid who hurt her because Scarlett will say, well, this girl hurt my feelings. And I'll say, well, let's pray for her. Mm-hmm. And it's good, I think, for our teens to see us as Christians always showing compassion and forgiveness for the people that hurt us. And I will say... Um, Next time we get together, we're going to chat about boys and crushes. Yes, boys and crushes. And I have some advice on that situation in that world. But another thing that I do when the girls want to talk, but I can tell they're a little nervous to share with me, I'll just get them something warm and cozy to drink Mm. and I'll get them all set up on the couch. And sometimes I'll even let them have a treat because that always gets them talking. Oh, I love that. That is so good. Okay. I love that. Um, Okay, the other question would be, what do you say, say say your kid has done something wrong. Say your child has drank or something, or and they confess to you. So say that one of your kids might have said, you know, I got really drunk and I wish I wouldn't have or, or whatever. I think that whenever they come out and they say something like that, I think that, you know, we just need to... Because I, I did have that happen with one of my kids. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, um, I I was really thankful that I didn't hit the roof mm-hmm. because I think that when we hit the roof, I think that it pushes them away and they for don't sure. feel like you're safe. For sure. Be the safe place for your kids. And so if you're, you know, pray because God knows your situation better than me or Rachel do with advice right now. And so when that happens, stop. If you have to bite your tongue, like on the inside of your mouth, just I've done that so many times. You just like bite your tongue. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, not too hard. You don't want to bleed, but you know, bite your tongue and don't just wait and say a little prayer to God and say, okay, God, how do I answer this? And God mm-hmm. will give you the answer. You know, don't say you're disappointed though. I think that uh, even as adults, when I talk to adults and they say, oh, I don't want to disappoint you. I think those adults have had a mother that said, I'm so disappointed in you. Don't say that. I would just say something that it's kind of like when they were little and um and you would say, "Oh, what that what you did was bad versus you're being a bad girl." I think that when you say I'm disappointed in you, it it hits more of their soul, more mm-hmm. of their heart versus boy, that is not okay <laughs> or whatever you want to say. Like what would you say cuz you worked with teenagers? I girls. agree. I think that if you say I'm so disappointed in you, it creates, it's like a shame spiral and they never forget that. And they remember how they feel and you don't want to shame them in parenting. So if you have a child who's confessing to doing something, even if what they did truly is heinous, like a horrible, horrible Mm -hmm. thing and it breaks your heart, A, be proud of them a little that they confess. It's true. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them you're proud of them. Be like Deb said, bite your tongue and be slow to anger and definitely tell them like, we are going to have to discuss this and you're going to maybe lose your phone or lose a privilege. But it's how you say it, the words, don't name call, don't shame, don't tell them, I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you're my son. I can't believe you're my daughter. My, you know, we don't do this in our family. Those kinds of words really stick with them and it truly can sever their heart um, and their goodwill towards you. 
So just allow them to see, yes, that that behavior is going to get a consequence, absolutely, but you, no matter what, you love them and you forgive them. Yes, because you know what that will do with them as adults. So this is, this is I'm glad God spoke this to me just now. When you do not have a shaming attitude towards your teenage when they confess or you catch them, they will know that they can go back to God when they make mistakes. Mm-hmm. See, you always want your kids to know that there's nothing they could do to lose your love mm-hmm. or to lose God's love. Because my son has a lot of friends that were preacher's kids or um, you know, kids that went to church all the time when the doors were open, and they don't even go to church anymore. And I think it's because they might have made some mistakes and they don't feel like they can go back. And so our kids need to know that they can always go back to God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is with us. That begins with us saying, okay— you know, this was, you know, this is, this is hard, you know, this is hard to hear whatever you want to say, but we're going to get through it. You know, I know this is not who you are. This is not the, the, whatever your child is that I know you are godly. I know that you uh, love, uh, that you obey our rules or whatever it is. Yeah, Find something good. Them. Yeah. Speak life in into moment. them in that moment. And don't, so this is another thing is our own shame can kick in. Our own humiliation could kick in, and you have to separate that. You have got to separate your own shame if your kids do something wrong with what they've done. And you just have to separate that because it's not you. It is just something that, you know, it, and I was the one that left the playgroup with the, the child that was getting in trouble all the time. And so I was always ashamed, and I would get so angry. My son has a great story about me yelling at my daughter in the car after an event because I was so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And you have to separate that. You, you, you have to remember, this is your child. It's not you. And, it, and, and it, who cares if it's a bad reflection on you? It doesn't matter what people think about you. The most important thing is your child. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great. No one, just like you said, Rachel, no one will pray for your child like you do. No one will love your child like you do. But remember, Jesus gently leads those who have young. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and then, why don't you pray for us? Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all of our children, no matter the age, Father, no matter what um, we are struggling with with our kids. Every single child's a blessing. You've created them with a purpose, with gifts, with talents. And it's our job as mothers to love them furiously, pray for them, Lord. I ask that you give all of us patience Mm. and grace and wisdom as we're talking with our children daily, as we're communicating with them, that we are slow to anger, that we listen, and that we, um, most of all, just show so much love and forgiveness when they do um, something wrong. And like Deb said, Lord, that we can sever uh, just any embarrassment or shame that we feel, Father, and that we can put our kids' hearts first, and that we absolutely always, Lord, come to you first as moms. And I pray for everybody listening right now, Father, that they will feel close to you, Mm -hmm. that they will feel connected to you, that they will spend time in your word um, and coming to your feet most of all, because we cannot parent teens without you, Jesus. We love you and we thank you for Mm -hmm. everything that you've blessed us with. Amen. Amen. I do want to pray. Lord, I do pray for the mother who's really hurting right now, who has a 
a teenager who might be making mistakes or who has made mistakes herself or who doesn't know what to do, God, I pray that you would heal her. Mm -hmm. I pray that you'd heal her relationship with her child, that you would heal that child. And God, keep her in hope. I pray that she would stand firm in her faith and know that her God is with her, that she is not alone. She's never alone, that you're going to help her. You're going to gently lead her. And Lord, if she needs to confess to her children and say she's sorry that she would do it, Mm -hmm. and no matter how they respond, she will know that obeying you is what she needed to do and that there will be fruit when she obeys you. And Lord, help her to be completely humble and gentle. Help her to, uh, just these scriptures I remember praying all the time when I had teenagers, to be completely humble and gentle, to honor other people above myself, to seek peace and pursue it in my home. Uh, Lord, those are all so many scriptures you gave to me, and I just pray for my dear friend that you will give her scriptures to pray and let her feel your love. And thank you for this honor of being able to just speak into her life as she loves her children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so we have two more coming your way. We have one about boys and crushes. That would be fun. And then the last one is having fun with your teenager. Yay. Yay! Thank you, Rachel. We'll talk to you soon, you guys. Okay, bye. Bye.